Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight John Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow! I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Um, we're having another crack at the chart of the 2nd of October 1977. We did some of it last week, but I think there's still plenty more to be gleaned from its uh, its its joy and its wonder uh, over the next 30 minutes or so. Um, the thing that stood out, well, we did David Saul and Starsky and Hutch last time, the thing that stands out just next to David Saul, down from number one to number two, is Elvis Presley with Way Down, which spent five weeks at the top uh, on the back of Elvis's tragic death um, in the when, August. When, when a big star dies, mm. they immediately like sort of race to release a song to cash in on his death, the record yeah. company. I wonder yeah. how they choose the song. I think this was already out. Right, maybe I think this is all. Uh, hang on, when did he die? I know it was early August. Elvis Presley death. Oh, 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 go ahead down now. Elvis chicken out. How am I going to get to the top of the charts? Oh, I'm going to die. He um, yeah, the single hit the charts on the 13th of August, and Elvis died on the 16th. So it was number 46 in its first week. No one gave a fuck. Uh, the following week it had gone up to number 42 uh, just a couple of days after he died so obviously RCA records were then uh, churning out the copies of it filling the shops because it went from 42 to number 4 the following week after his death I've seen it before we saw it with John Lennon when he was shot only three years later it's amazing isn't it that like Presley then Lennon Lost within three years of within each three other. Three years, yeah. That that's that's pretty big. There's like three you could argue they're the two biggest ever pop star yeah. deaths ever. Yeah, because it, it seems like long when you you're younger, but like now the nah. difference between now nah. and 2019 was like now. So because like, yeah. John Lennon had released just like starting over, which was slightly falling down the chart. It got to number eight, I think, and then it yeah. was on its way down, and he got shot, and then woof. Straight back up to number one. Yeah, the week like you're not fucking now. Now maybe the song at least will start over, but there'll be no starting over no, for you, mate, because you're no, dead. Well, the only person to be starting over is your widow. 
Yoko Ono. Yeah. Um, but all in all in good time. Hmm. And your best you're stuff, May Peng. May Pang. Yeah. May Pang, who you've just had a nice night in front of the telly with, along with Mick Jagger and Glyn Johns. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> and um, of course, Freddie Mercury, which um, I remember because I was working at Outprice when Freddie Mercury died. But then they mm. put Bohemian Rhapsody out after he died. It wasn't already out, but it rocketed to number one again. Um, you mean ver- Bow Rap? Bullrap. <laughs> I said that just to see the look on your face. Fucking hell. There's nothing. Recently, we 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 mused about whether or not people who have their wife in their phone as wifey, and the yeah. use of the word wifey was the worst possible thing hmm. in in the world. Like like on a par hmm. with a war crime almost. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But. Bow rap's got to go into that category, hasn't it? Calling Bo Bohemian Rhapsody bow rap. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's that's disgusting. Um, what, what's the other one? I mean, I I, I rail against the use of the word iconic repeatedly. Mm. I'm, I'm so fucking fed up with hearing that word described about stuff that's usually bang average of passing interest. If, if it, well, yeah. the word yeah. iconic. I mean, what does it actually mean? I I think of it, and I'm probably wrong my opinion on what a word means is neither here nor there mm. I mean who am I fucking Webster's Dictionary right <laughs> but if it's something that happened and then subsequently is almost becomes like the reference point for other things in a similar genre yeah. or a massive influence permanently on those things yeah. then I believe it to be I, then I believe I, I feel justified in referring to it as iconic yeah, I kind of. That's probably where it's at. Yeah, I reckon you're right there, but there's no reason to call. Um, for, I don't know. For example, Derry Girls, we- Westminster Bridge, <laughs> Derry <laughs> Girls, iconic. Good show as it is. Great show. It's not yeah, iconic. Coming back, iconic. It's not iconic no. unless you subsequent. There are subsequently many other programs about Irish schoolgirls in the nineties. Yeah. That are that basically follow a template that was set by Derry Girls. Derry Girls. Then it could be described as iconic. I but did a no, podcast this week talking about um, with my cousin, the uh, Beat Match Babylon, which is a podcast that I used to do, and sometimes I go back, and uh, it was about um, Silence of the Lambs, which is a film that I really yeah. love as a comedy. I just think it's like it's one of those films that basically French and Saunders did one of their spoofs of. And it was so yeah. funny that I can't watch it without without, about that. without yeah. French and Saunders version. It's a little bit like our deep dives. It's yeah. so funny you can't watch the original Saunders. Yeah, you can't see anymore. Roy Keane without thinking about us doing our hilarious Roy Keane impression. <laughs> Professor Yaffle and Mr. Ticket and all that. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know what's ruined our Keane Odyssey? What's that? Fucking Roy Keane, the cunt. Because... <laughs> He has. He's ruined it. He's become no, the character. It's not funny anymore. Like people used yeah. to like be really nice about our keen odyssey, and it was one of the first things we did that seemed to get really popular. But now, all the shit we said about Roy Keane, which was imagining a slightly more extreme version of Roy Keane, he's gone that he's gone that far <laughs> and further. So yeah. now it seems yeah. quite unimaginative. Our keen odyssey. Yeah, because he I wasn't guess. doing as much punditry when we first started doing that. Now he's fucking overexposed, him. and he's being crazier than fiction. Every opportunity he gets, 
He talks about tickets. I mean, how, how often do you get tweeted by people going, oh, he's on about Mr. Ticket again? Because every <laughs> yeah. time he's on telly, he seems to bring up the ticket situation. <laughs> he's know. fucking you're ruined right. it. You're right. You're, he has. He's entitled to. If anyone's entitled to ruin the cane or to see it, him. Yeah, it's fair enough. Maybe he's done it on purpose. He heard about it and he yeah. goes, I'll show these cunts trying to monetise so. my insanity. That'll be a compliment. But um, Elvis, yeah, was, was number one for five weeks with Weird Down. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this song. It's not his best piece of work. It's, yeah, um, I am sort of, yeah. Was yeah. it? Where you down? How's it going? It's, it's, it's got, it's got, it kind of rumbles along a little bit like, like a train, and it's um, I can't sing any of it here. You can, you can all go and listen to it on YouTube or Spotify. It was... It, it, I don't know if it was part of a comeback or what. I don't know what his chart history had been like in the previous years before that. I'll have a quick look because it's all on the officialcharts.com website where we get all of our information from. Uh, he's had a lot of singles out. Fucking hell. Jesus. So, uh, oh, yeah, he's still been charting. He'd, he'd, he'd been doing all right. Promised Land got to number nine in 75. Girl of My Best Friend got to number nine in 76. And then Suspicion got to number nine in 76. Moody Blue got to number six in 1977. So he was still a big thing. Of course he was. He was Elvis. Imagine if Elvis was still around now. I wonder what he'd be, what sort of material he'd be putting out. Do you think he'd have got a bit like, he'd be doing share stuff and like, you know, he'd, he'd like have a vocoder on his voice a lot. Yeah. Oh, work. Yeah. Um, and he'd do like collaborations with a right bunch of dicks, probably. Probably. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought that by then he was uh, basically camped in Vegas, sweating buckets and just eating, performing to tourists. Eating fool's golds non-stop. fool's golds. Fucking left, right and centre. I hadn't realised that he was still an active chart participant, which is kind of nice to, nice to know. Um, What's your favourite Elvis song, Andy? Fucking hell. Um, I don't know. Don't, don't ask me questions like that. Just don't know. Well, all right, it's an annoying question. My, I'm just looking through it here and I'm thinking, like, my, my dad, as I've talked about a lot, is quite anti most things, right? And yeah. um, and he hates being accused of liking something at all. You go, oh, you yeah. like that, don't you? He goes, no, I don't. Because I don't know why. I think he thinks <laughs> it's sort of, like, a bit basic or predictable, right, or weak to, like, right. be into anything. Yeah. But he loves early Elvis, and yeah. one time I said to him when I was an adolescent, my favourite Elvis dog is Suspicious Minds. He gave me about an hour-long lecture about why <laughs> I was a cunt for thinking be. that. <laughs> He's like, first of all, that's a cover version, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, fine, young cannibal did it. No, it was a cover <laughs> when Elvis did it, cunt. Now keep your mouth shut while I talk to you about why you know how, nothing about uh, Elvis. How the fuck could Elvis cover a fine young cannibal song, you fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. idiot? <laughs> Use your fucking nut. <laughs> um, but yeah he loves early Elvis because when he talks about it the impact it had on him like my dad mm-hmm. was born in 1940 Elvis at first started getting in the charts in the mid 50s wasn't it about 55 56 yeah, yeah. and and the mind blowing nature of yeah. Elvis yeah. to a, a British teenager at that time mm-hmm. was so extreme that it's hard for mm-hmm. us to conceive of because yeah. we were born into a well-established pop culture. So everything, really, that we've witnessed 
has in some way been a continuation of something that we were already aware of. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love hearing people talk about that when they yeah. say that their lives literally changed the first time they heard Elvis. Yeah, because and that's what my dad's that, like. Yeah, te- teenage teenagers didn't exist before 1955. They weren't a thing. No, I don't exactly. think the word existed. And what they would do was they'd, they'd go to like dancers, tea dancers almost. Yeah, and they do it fucking ballroom dancing with each other. And it was shit, that, and I think my the, dad was a live wire, was, and he there thought was, there was two two things he thought was one was like the world's pretty boring, and yeah. the other thing was he thought that everything was really sort of strict and formal. Mm-hmm. and everyone had to know their place exactly. and then he's seen some fucking mad cunt from America just literally going fucking bananas on TV with the guitar and his hair sticking out yeah. and he thought yeah fucking hell this is amazing this is how we should all start acting yeah I think that was when fingering was invented when yeah. Elvis came along I don't think it was a thing before then Oh, yeah, because he did it on the Ed Sullivan show. They interviewed him. They go, well, Elvis, you're a talented young artist. What else do you like to do? A young man like you in your prime, in your spare time. I like to get hold of my little lady and give her a good fingering. Oh, fingering. I don't believe I'm aware of that. What is that? Is that a type of fishing? Oh, kind of it, yeah. <laughs> I'll put my fingers here right up her vagina. <laughs> Okay, cut, this is Elvis cut, Presley. Cut. He's from Memphis. He's been singing us a song called Hound Dog, and he's introduced us to the idea of something called fingering. We <laughs> shall be back, folks, after this, after these messages. And, of course, famously after that, they were never allowed to film Elvis from the fingers downwards. No. Because <laughs> it was too influential to the yeah, kids. They, 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 hey, there was a big Christian lobby who mobilised yeah. against fingering. Have you seen this fingering thing that's gone viral, by the way? What? No. Um, there's a fingering instance gone viral on Twitter. Are we responsible for this? Possibly. Oh, well, we've certainly been sending it a lot. It's on the, the amusing uh, Twitter account, No Context Brits. And the, they've shared a tweet or something from Facebook, spotted in Trowbridges, the account. It says, whoever is the girl and boy sat on the grass near the bridge by Little Tesco, where the boy is fingering the girl, have more respect. Thank you. Right? This more is on a local... For the people, I guess. Maybe for the girl, maybe. For the girl? Yeah, I don't know. But then on the same community group, this is Trowbridge. I don't know where that is. I've not heard of it before. Right? The boy has responded, and he's written this. To the women... No, to the woman who was staring at me and taking videos whilst I was fingering my (gasps) girlfriend earlier. Could you please have a little respect? I didn't give you permission to record me, and I will go to police if they are seen on social media. All you had to do was ask me nicely if you could have a turn. Thank you. And can you keep this anonymous? I don't want my mum finding out. (laughs) That's a bit rough. I mean, um, he's in in public. He's entitled to filming. There's no rules against filming someone in public. You're fingering in the public domain. But then again, what she's doing then is the film that she's made could then be classed as pornography. And if they're under 18, then fucking she's into all kinds of trouble then, I think. Depends on how much of so, the actual finger, and you see, she might have, it might not have been like yeah, that explicit. She might have pixelated the fingers out, or it might not have f- filmed them from the fingers down, like Elvis. I, I mean, if you listen, when you're young, if you're not fingering a girl outdoors, where are you going to do your fingering? Well, exactly. Most, yeah. most of our form, my, my formative fingering was done on a um, pitch and putt course, and I think that's great. It was yeah. it was a council Standard. pitch and putt course. Yeah, it was publicly funded, and to be honest. 
Not much pitch and patch got pitch and putt got played on it. I think it was mainly put there by the local authority for fingering purposes. Yeah, yeah. A blind eye was turned. Mm. Yeah. I would say um, this though, youngsters. Uh, try to avoid if you are doing some fingering at a pitch and putt. Try to avoid the sand bunkers because that mm. can get everywhere and be quite painful. Yeah, no one wants that. Yeah, keep it on the greens if you can. Nice and smooth. Yeah. Like a carpet. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Back to the chart, I guess. Of, is that Elvis covered, do you think? Apart from, quick shout out for one of the favourite characters of my past and this podcast, Child Elvis, uh, who I went to school with. The boy course, who thought yeah. he was Elvis. Yeah. Came to school dressed like Elvis with full Elvis from the age of 11 yeah. to the time we left at 16, after which I never saw or heard from him ever again. Junior Elvis. Right, yeah. Junior Elvis. He had a brill creamed perfect quiff every single day. Mm-hmm. And of course, his greatest ever Elvis moment. Although I have to stress to people, he was Elvis full time. He was always in character Even for five in years. From day one to the last day he was always in character um, I did the voice the and everything yeah well I told you the, the best thing he ever did was when they said Lee the te- he was up in front of the class and the teacher said something to him like what what are you in such a hurry for and he said I've got to go to lunch and she went oh really what are you having for lunch Lee because like the teachers obviously found him really amusing as well would goad him <laughs> and he course, turns yeah. to the whole class and we were all sat there and it was his tutor group, so we'd all known him for years. We were used to this shtick. You almost like didn't notice it that he was talking oh, like exactly. Elvis. Comes right? Yeah. And he turns to us and goes, Baked potato, cheese, beans, and butter. <laughs> <laughs> and he did a kung fu move on the final line, you know, like Elvis did. Butter with some kung fu. Oh, this is t- completely recycled content. We've done this on a previous podcast. Here we are, but it's all. You don't. That's fine to recycle great stuff like that. We've done That's a favourite. I've got no problem with stuff like that being recycled no. in case people didn't hear it the first time. Also, I'm sure we've suggested this before and it fell by the wayside, but we need to do a history box on when Elvis met Richard Nixon. Yes, definitely. It's a great film of that as well. Yeah. Really great. Have yeah. you seen that film? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, worth watching. Yeah, he went. He, he wanted to be made an honorary policeman to um, join the war on drugs. He was well, obsessed let's, let's with drugs. Not, let's not go too deeply into it. We will do no. the history box. 
Um, I will make sure it happens. Mate, uh, I would I'll do I'll a deep forget. dive on any of Elvis's films. Like, you know, yeah. Aloha yeah. from Hawaii and all that shit. Because yeah. I can't even... I've seen most of them when I was a kid. I can't remember what happens, but I instinctively know they would be dive-worthy and hilarious. I guess so, yeah. We'll put it on the list. But the Richard Nixon uh, meeting needs to be done pronto. Yeah. The, further down the chart, at number eight, up three places, is Danny Mirror, who uh, apparently was a Dutch fella, and he is singing a song called I Remember Elvis Presley, oh. which... It's fair to say has well, been only just died, out. You can't. Well, that's the thing. Special. It hit the charts on the seventeenth of September. It got it the chart one month after Elvis had died. So oh, he had to record, write, record, get it pressed and distributed, and into the shops and into the charts within the space of a month. Danny Mirror did not fuck about. It's fair to say when it came very to commemorating cyn- the, the death of Elvis. Very cynical, um, I think. And the lyrics include, I remember Elvis Presley. Lord, how I love to hear him sing. This is all sang in an Elvis voice as well. It's an Elvis impersonator singing as Elvis. It's an Elvis type song. I remember Elvis Presley. Lord, how I love to hear him sing. So I'll adore him just forever, for he's the one and only king. Um, I remember Elvis Presley, and he won't ever set me free. Like he was singing now or never, he's just a golden memory. So, very sad. Um, poignant lyrics mm. there and uh, yeah uh, but El- Elvis was you talk about that kid at school who took on the persona of Elvis there used to be fellas all over the place who were Elvises or yeah. Elvi Elvi to Elvi, give them their yeah, it was name. mainly like men did you like the Elvi the aging Elvi whose um, quiff is now grey but is yellow from tobacco stains <laughs> yeah that's yeah, a great Elvi, isn't it? A great Elvi. Like every one... ta- every pub had had like a, a grey in Elvis with tobacco stained quiff. I'm just looking on YouTube because I feel another deep dive coming on. Uh, there was a one who featured in a documentary, and he was called Jarrow Elvis, mm. and he was based in the northeast of England. Yes, Elvis in Jarrow in five parts on uh, on YouTube. Um, this has to be has to be deep dived um, he was a, a pub singer club singer uh, called Jarrow Elvis who's very well known up here uh, so here's, the, here's another story from the archive that, that when I hear of pub Elvis is mm-hmm. when I was best man at my brother Dom's wedding and they hired the Elvis from the pub next door to where he lived to come and do a show but yeah. also at the wedding was my sister-in-law's godfather Richard O'Brien from the Crystal Maze fucking hell when? And, and and Richard O'Brien from the Crystal Maze was a bit pissed and he got jealous that Elvis that pub Elvis was getting all the attention he was a classic <laughs> kind of overweight pub Elvis right he was like yeah. he was good but we were all so off our faces he could have been shit it wouldn't matter we're all going fucking mental when he does like a mer- hunk of burning love yeah. and all of that right Richard O'Brien and I've got to pay the El- I, I'm um, what would you call it Elvis's liaison at the wedding because I'm the best man so that's the sort of shit you have to do but I'm obviously I was only about like 23 I was fucking battered off my nut you know all over the fucking gaff on god knows what trying to fucking <laughs> negotiate this cash deal with Elvis and next thing I know fucking Richard O'Brien's got up and started trying to grab the mic off Elvis no. for his performance because he wants to do the fucking time warp I get to or do the time warp I yeah. 
Oh, God. And Elvis has sort of gone, this Elvis bloke's a bit of a geezer, right? <laughs> like mm. a fat old geezer from South London. <laughs> and he's gone, oi, he doesn't know who Rich O'Brien is. Oi, get off, you punts, right? <laughs> and someone's come over and gone, Sam. Bull punts. There is a fucking altercation going on between Richard O'Brien and Elvis. You better go and sort that out. And I'm like, fuck that. Sort it out. Fucked. And they go, you got it. You're the best man. Go and sort that out. And so I'm not joking. I'm up on the fucking stage at this wedding, right? I'm fucking standing between Richard O'Brien and Elvis, right? Giving it the whole, leave it. Leave it. It's a wedding. Fucking leave it. And it was O'Brien who was worse. I was going, Richard fucking leave it right this is Dom and Clover's wedding just leave it alone you're going to ruin it you can't fight Elvis I say this now and again but there are times when you drop stories into this podcast when I think how have we done four years and this hasn't been mentioned yet I've told you this story before I've definitely told it a listener will remember I think what it might have been in the past because I've also told this story on TalkSport and back then I was very careful to not name Richard O'Brien I said it was a famous <laughs> television presenter from the 90s, right? <laughs> okay. And, and people were all guessing. But now I'm like, look, there's more under the bridge. Richard O'Brien, <laughs> he's still close to my, you know, to my brother's in-laws. And, you know, if he kicks off and tries to sue, I'll go, look, mate, it was true. There was a ton of fucking witnesses. Yeah. There was I'll a ton it. of witnesses. You wanted to sing. And fair enough, it would have probably been quite fun to have seen Richard O'Brien singing, right? But... Wait your turn, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, wor- that's worthy of, of the increasingly disappointing pop bitch, which I just <laughs> looked at this week's pop bitch, and I read the first thing in it, and it's I'll read it out to you. The video for Harry Styles' latest single, As It Was, debuted this week, and to glowing reviews all round. Some residents at the Barbican were surprised to see their neck of the woods featured so prominently in it, not least because they hadn't been told Harry Styles was shooting his new video there. They were told it was a, inverted commas, yoghurt commercial. <laughs> is that it? Is that, That's sorry. it. They used That's to it, have yeah. good stories, but it's so outdated. And I'm surprised. I, I, someone mentioned it to me recently. I was surprised it was still going because it feels like something from the early noughties. But I know when I was working at Talk Radio, I thought it had gone really downhill because there was quite a junior sort of producer there who the geezers who ran Pop Bitch, a bunch of kids now, would just take out and get drunk once in a while. And she right. would tell them pretty kind of mostly fabricated but even then, sort of like really kind of inconsequential, Luke tedious, cele- like faux celeb gossip from back yeah. from the behind the scenes at a kind of failing radio station. And yeah. they would publish it. And then people would run around and go, oh, there's been a leak to pop pitch. And I'd be like, fuck, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. you know, it'd be like Eamon Holmes had a cake during his fucking show. Oh, yeah, and I, I remember thinking, that one, yeah. They used to come out with fucking good stuff. No one... First of all, it's a lie. And second of all, it's like, if you're going to lie, lie big. I mean, a man eating a cake is not, is not fucking hold the front page stuff, is it? Yeah. Get, get, get me another drink and I'll tell you all about Eamon's cake. That he has. Exactly, it was like that. And, um, and, but like back in the day, I think it was on there. It was either on there or on our good friend Jamie East, Tolly Moly, which I actually preferred. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and not just because Jamie's our friend, but like, <laughs> you know, it was stuff, they had stuff like a Hollywood film star was ha- who was having an affair with his own professional lookalike. That's one of the best stories I've ever heard, right? Mm-hmm. 
and another one about a Hollywood film star who was in the closet who used a a prosthetic mask that he'd got off a film he worked on to go to gay bars and get off with fellas. And one time a fella crabbed his face while they were snogging, like you do if you're a pro snogger. Always touch your face. (laughs) Top tip, kids. Pull the face off. Yeah. And... um, he, he gently caressed his face and suddenly thought, oh, his face is coming off. And he pulled the face clean off. And underneath, who was it? Well, I'm not at liberty to say, but let's just say he's the most famous actor in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've scrolled down and this is... Uh, this this should be the story at the top of the page, surely. R.I.P. to rapper Gunyu, who attended his own funeral after party weekend at Bernie's style last week. <laughs> Organisers brought his embalmed corpse to a nightclub where he was propped up on stage for one last show. Oh hey, my god! That's, that's like Jimmy White did that with one of his best mates, didn't he? They took Who did that? Their, Jimmy White. Oh fuck yeah! They took Jimmy the corpse White and his mates went out, yeah. and got. They came. They went and nicked his mate's body from the Undertaker's from to the, sit um, him in his favourite rest chair in yeah. the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's better. More of that sort of thing. We don't care about yoga commercials and fucking. Harry Styles videos. Oh, no, come on, shape up. 27, uh, number 27, Bob Marley, Waiting in Vain. Lovely song. When did Mm -hmm. Bob Marley die, mate? He only died, what was that, 81, wasn't it? 81, yeah. A few months after Lennon. Fucking hell. What the fuck's going on? I suppose 2016, Prince and Bowie both died. And someone else like the the lad from the Eagles. But, yeah, but if you look just in pop music, right... Mm. Prince and Bowie are, are sort of that both you know hot on the heels of each other that's pretty big but fuck me like oh, mate, mate. 2016 everyone died Prince yeah, died Ronnie Boy Corbett died, died Victoria Wood Carolina Hearn Muhammad Ali Terry Wogan um, they're just the ones that I Luther can think of the head. Uh, yeah, George Michael what was that before Rick Parfitt, oh, George Michael, yeah. everyone fucking died. But the, I still remember there was this thing in in the papers, and they, you had like celebrity experts and sociologists saying, "Well, this is how it's going to be from now on," because these yeah. are lots of people who, who became famous in the sixties and seventies and eighties are all aging died. now, and they will all mm. die. And uh, there are far more famous people than there used to be. Fuck off! It didn't. Twenty seventeen came round, and it just stopped. And regular death levels recommenced. We were attacked. Celebrities, rather, were attacked by a calendar year. They were sucked out of our world by some kind of space-time continuum. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it, I'll think about this a lot, probably too much. When they um, rocked up that year, that plethora of, of stars, what do you think um, Elvis would have made of that if there is, like, celebrity heaven? Hugely, hugely pissed off. Hugely what pissed off. What the hell going on here? I never heard of these motherfuckers. We're overcrowded as it is. We just don't have the space. <laughs> I kind of wish I'd still been doing Diner in Heaven in 2016. It would have been non-stop. Yeah. I could have become a star on the back of that. But, uh, yeah, oh, fucking hell, 2016. But uh, Tommy Cooper and Eric Morgan both died in the same year, I think, 84. Yeah. That's massive. Because neither of them were, were old men. They were like, I think Eric Morgan was like 58 and Cooper was about 63. They both looked really old. Yeah, in my mind. Well, I remember them dying, but I was a child. I thought, yeah, no wonder they're fucking dead. I don't know why everyone's going on about it. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching Roxy Music on Top of the Pops in 1979 when I was seven and thinking, hating Brian Furry because he was an old man. He was 32. 
Fucking hell, 32. I think of 32 as kids now. Yeah, isn't it? It's no age, is it? So, but yeah, Bob Marley, 81. Um, were you going to mention anything about Bob Marley or just comment on his death? Just the fact that he died in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose what I was saying was, fucking Elvis, then Lennon, then Bob Marley, right? I mean, fucking hell. That's like... Walker. <laughs> you know... I, we started off by saying that the word icons overused. Yeah. But that's three fucking stone-cold icons right there, mate. It is. It is. Um, let's leave that one there. I think we'll, yeah. we'll put that chart to bed Quite now. Quite a shit chart, really, anyway. Yeah. We, uh, we, it's a two-episode chart. We'll do another one in a couple of weeks. So thank you very much for listening, and <laughs> goodbye. Mercy, that was a good podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.